what I love the most about living this kind of life and doing my work in this way is the freedom to create what I want and to say no to opportunities that don't make sense for me to say yes to what excites me. If I have an idea, I can just run with it. I don't need to seek approval from anybody. I can really take my ideas and run with them. And I, I really love having that autonomy and agency and freedom in my work. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our 9 to 5. This week, I'm really excited to speak with Lena, who is an award-winning intercultural educator. She also runs workshops and retreats with organizations that promote transformative travel experiences. She believes that global connections begin with self-discovery and self-awareness, and her work aims to educate both heart and mind. So listen on to find out more about Lena and her work as an intercultural educator. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm with Lena. Hey Lena, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. So before we start, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes. So I am from the US. I grew up in South Carolina. But my parents are both immigrants from Greece. So I grew up going back and forth a lot, sometimes um, went to school on and off in Greece as well. And that, I think growing up that way really shaped how I sort of viewed and experienced the world and really made me interested in all things like multicultural, intercultural. And so I've really spent most of my life pursuing opportunities to learn about different cultures and meet different people from different countries and life experiences. And so I've always been quite addicted to travel because of that. And I've spent the last 12 years working in intercultural education. And now I've kind of taken that work sort of abroad to do it on my own so that I can move around and live where I want for as long as I want instead of just being kind of in one place. Now, how did you get the idea of taking this knowledge that you have of doing intercultural culture and making this into a remote work and business for you? Um, a lot of the the sort of skill set I have can be used remotely. So I don't necessarily have to be in one place to do my work, especially because in this line of work, it's really common for people to to fly consultants or facilitators to where they are if they need to work on a project or they want a retreat or workshop facilitated. So I decided that I just wanted to find a way to set myself up to do it remotely rather than work in one place because I've traditionally worked like in nonprofits or in universities, but it's not necessary to be in one place to do my work. And so that's why I wanted to expand in that way. Now, we're going to go into this in much further detail with your extended interview, but can you tell us a little bit more about exactly what it is that you do? 
Yes. So I am an intercultural educator, consultant, and facilitator. So I work on developing and designing intercultural exchange programs. I can also facilitate workshops or retreats that sort of are meant for self-discovery and community building among groups of people. And then I also do some intercultural competence coaching to help people develop their ability to communicate respectfully and effectively cross-culturally. It's really interesting and fascinating to me that your job and your business now is doing this for a living and you work with schools, with businesses and individuals to be able to do this and to spread the word on it. And you actually create income from this, which is incredible because you're doing something that you're really passionate about. You're able to work remotely. What were the first steps that you took in order to get to this point where you are right now? Well, I did leave and and set off to sort of live and work remotely before I had any sort of income. In some ways, I I wish I had maybe tried to establish this, like my consultancy and my business beforehand, because it definitely did take some time and was a little bit of a struggle. And what I did in the meantime was do some travel writing. So I've written different articles for different publications. And that's something I still do because my work is also really seasonal, especially working with schools. There are like certain months that are more high demand and others that are much lower demand. So I try to balance sort of low seasons with writing. And then really this work is networking. The network and community that you have is is really important in this. So a lot of my connections are through word of mouth or connected to clients or colleagues that I had through past jobs. So just kind of reaching out to people once I started and saying like, hey, I'm still doing this work, but I'm doing it now independently rather than connected to an organization or a school in particular. Has there been any setbacks or failures that you've had trying to create this business that you have right now that you really learned from? What was it and how did you go about by making it better for yourself and learning from it? I wouldn't necessarily say that I've quite experienced failures with it yet. Well, that's not true. (laughs) I take it back. I did have one failure, I guess. Um, I tried to like sort of host and organize my own retreat, not one that somebody else hired me to run. And I did not, I decided to do it because I had an opportunity to do it in a amazing venue that would cost me nothing, which is not usually the case. Usually a venue, a house is going to cost several thousand dollars to rent out for a week. But I had an opportunity to run a retreat there for free. But the problem was there wasn't very much lead time. There were only a few months. And so there wasn't enough time for people to plan or save for it. And I didn't really have any luck with with getting people to commit to it. And so that's like one thing for sure. If I want to do that again, I would plan far more in advance. So that's been one of my biggest failures. But other than that, I think it's just been probably the challenges that most people face when they try to live as a digital nomad or a location independent entrepreneur that 
It can be really isolating, especially for me. I'm very collaborative by nature. I really love to sit around a table and discuss ideas and ask people for their perspectives. And so sometimes doing this work all on my own can be really difficult for me because I don't have that same community that I'm used to having and that I really value. And then also like the work-life balance with travel. Sometimes it can be difficult to work, especially in times of transition. So I just moved to Tbilisi, Georgia from Spain. And because of that process and looking for a place to live and all that, there were like two weeks where I almost worked like I almost didn't work at all. And so now getting back into work, that's that's a challenge for me. And so those are kinds of the things that I guess would be setbacks that that sort of lessen my productivity. You always feel like you're playing catch up whenever yeah. you're traveling. And that's the thing. I think people have a lot of misconceptions with digital nomads or when you first start, you feel you think that you can keep traveling and keep going, but you don't become productive when you do that because you have to assimilate to new cultures, to new environments. You have to figure out where the Wi-Fi is, the most important thing. (laughs) And doing all of these things, if you're doing this every few weeks, it just becomes really hectic and super stressful. And then on top of that, you want to be able to make a living from this. So believe it or not, a lot of digital nomads actually stay in one location for a longer period of time to Mm -hmm. make this more sustainable. Otherwise, you're just traveling long term and hopefully you have some passive income where (laughs) you don't have to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not really the reality. And like you said, Lena, you sometimes don't work for a long period of time Mm -hmm. because you're traveling so much, which is great, but can also be bad for work and your business too. So you have to definitely balance both of them at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like in the beginning, there was a lot more movement. (laughs) And now, no, I try to limit the movement. So I spent like eight months in Puerto Rico, then I spent three months in Spain, now spending four months in Georgia. So like trying to to extend and stay in places longer because exactly the movement is is super counterproductive. Aside from realizing that moving all the time is not going to be productive for you, what other things have you learned by becoming a digital nomad that you didn't even think about when you first started? I mean, that that's really probably one of the main things. And then the isolation, as I mentioned before, also because not only professionally and developing networks and having people like to bounce off ideas of, but even just friends, you know, how do you make a community when you're moving all the time? You can't establish that. I mean, sometimes you live in a place for six months to a year before you really find solid friends. And so that's another thing that I think, I mean, I'm kind of used to it because I've moved around a lot in my life because I've always had this sort of restlessness. But I do think that as I get older, it becomes more difficult to connect with people who are like-minded and who, who I feel like a strong connection with. And so adding in the movement makes that even harder. And that, of course, affects work too because you know obviously what's happening in your personal life is going to leak over into your professional if you're 
if you're not feeling supported personally, that's going to make work more difficult as well. So I think that's, that's just been one of the biggest struggles for me overall, professionally and personally, is, is the lack of community that, that moving around creates. Yeah. And then once you actually create friendships after six months, then you have to move on again. And then start right. Again. And you do it all over. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a double-edged sword. You get to travel, you get to meet new people, you create friendships, and then you have to do it all over again. It's like being in in high school and you're starting freshman year every <laughs> single year. You're a freshman. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, what about the highlights of starting and creating your own business and being location independent? What has been the most amazing experience that you've had because of this life that you have created for yourself? So I think that what I love the most about living this kind of life and doing my work in this way is the freedom to create what I want and to say no to opportunities that don't make sense for me, to say yes to what excites me. If I have an idea, I can just run with it. I don't need to seek approval from anybody. I don't need somebody to say like, okay, well, there might not be a budget for this or this might not be possible because of X, Y, Z. Like I can really take my ideas and run with them. And I, I really love having that autonomy and agency and freedom in my work. So for example, in the last job I was in, I absolutely loved the work I was doing, but I also got bored really quickly because it was kind of the same thing happening over and over again. And in a lot of ways, I couldn't couldn't create new things just because of structures and systems that were already set in place. And so that felt really stifling for me. And I wasn't, I felt like I stopped growing after a certain period of time. And, and in this case, I feel like I can just continue to grow and evolve without any barriers because I sort of quote unquote make the rules. And so that's what I really love about working for myself. The freedom is definitely something that we all want and crave. And that's really why we start, most of us start this. And even though the work is really hard, we work a lot of hours and most of the time we work more than our regular nine to five. And a lot of people will ask, well, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep going? Well, it's because we have freedom. We can do a lot of work if we want to, or we cannot. But it's also because you love what you do. And on top of that, you have freedom. So it's like the cherry on top of a really yummy mm-hmm. cake. <laughs> Yes, for sure. <laughs> so it, it's it's but it's definitely a lot of hard work that you may not have anticipated before you started. Now, how are you able to create income from the start of your business, and how do you continue to create income today? Um, well, just like I I mentioned before, really like beginning, I think I relied on other sources of income, and as I mentioned, because my my work is very seasonal. Income can be really inconsistent. And so that's actually why I've developed the intercultural competence coaching, like offering that because that will allow me to have more consistent work and to fill those gaps because it's not dependent on the season when schools need their retreats or when, I don't know, that kind of demand is in place. And so 
right now I'm trying more so to develop and push the intercultural competence coaching because that will make the income much more consistent than it has been or would be otherwise. How has it been for you creating income as a coach and doing this business? Do you, is, I mean, obviously for a business, it's up and downs. How are you able to get your business going? How do you get your clients? I know you mentioned networking. Yeah. So most I would say most opportunities come through people I've somehow already worked with in the past through other jobs. This field, I think, is is really difficult to get people to to sort of trust and invest in your services if they don't have some kind of connection to you. Maybe even if it's not direct, it needs to be through somebody else who has worked with you before. It can be super, super difficult to connect with people who don't have any connection. I think, you know, maybe with some other things like web design, okay, they can look at the work you've done and they're like, that's great. I love it. I want to work with you. But the whole like, no trust factor is super, super important in this field. And so that's why it's really heavily dependent on existing relationships. Definitely having someone trust you and then also referring you because they trust you so much and they love your work will go a really long way for that. Mm -hmm. Anna, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, gosh. Um, I think for me, building relationships, human connection, like learning from other people. This has always been what's really important for me, creating creating space for people to to feel safe to come as they are. That's a focus a lot of of a lot of my retreats. So I think I I want to be remembered for helping people feel more confident in themselves, more empowered in their skills and more intimately and authentically connected to others. Like I really, really value creating those connections between people where they feel understood and accepted for who they are. And I think that's what it would be. That's probably the most important thing to me. That is a really great way for you to create that legacy. And obviously you're starting that now because you're educating people on so many different ways and so many different levels. Now, some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing, inspiring people like you, Lena, and hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on? <laughs> what do I nerd out on? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm a big food nerd. Uh, my partner and I, I think that's probably like the biggest thing that we prioritize when we travel. It's like, where are we going to eat and when are we going to eat and what are we going to try? So food is, is a big thing. And then, I mean, because I love what I do so much, it's probably like most of what I do, even in my spare time, everything I read is still is connected to my work in some way. So that's another, like, I'm a huge book nerd. I love to read and always have been that way. And yeah, I don't know. I think I think right now my work is just so consuming that it's most of what my time is spent on. But I definitely nerd out over some books and some food. It's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> I know. I'm sure right now because you're building your business, everything is about work. What do you like to do? Work? What are you doing? Work? Everything? Work? 
<laughs> but I mean, because I'm passionate about my work, I, I also don't really feel a lot of the times that I'm working. I mean, sure, there are aspects of it that I'm like, I don't really care about that part <laughs> or want to have to focus on that task. But for the most part, I really like what I'm doing. And the time passes and I don't even realize like I can spend 12 hours and the day is gone and I'm just happy. I'm not, I'm not like, Oh God, I hate this. Like, why am I still here? You know, that's how, you know, you love what you're doing. It's the same for me. I actually get really bored just chilling out. So I actually want to work and I miss working. It's so bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's great. That's great that your work doesn't have to feel like work. Yeah, exactly. And then I I think to myself, I'm looking around, well, there's nothing to do. Okay, I'm going to go back to work because I don't want to do anything else. (laughs) Is there any question that you wish people asked you more of? I mean, in general, I... I wish that more people were more curious and about intercultural learning and saw the value in it. I can't say that, I don't know, that there's any particular question I wish they would ask me, but I would love to be able to tell more people about how it's benefited me and why. And so I do see like a lack of curiosity around that because even, you know, even with people who are digital nomads or location independent, A lot of people are traveling and they're going around the world, but they're not necessarily like very curious about the places that they're in or seeking to learn about those places or the people that live there. And so that's something that I wish was prioritized more, I guess. And then they could ask me because I could tell them why it's important. (laughs) It's really interesting because we just usually think about traveling to different places, working and living from anywhere. But you're right. We don't usually talk about how we can really assimilate to the culture, especially if we want to live there for a few months or even a few years. So if you want to live in a different country and be around different cultures, it's so important to learn from that and from that experience and from the the cultures, the food, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Because a lot of times, you kind of just stay in our little bubble, especially as digital nomads. You're in your computer, your laptop, you're good to go. But then also, why leave the place that you're at if you're not going to want to be around all of the different things that you have in your fingertips that you're so lucky to have? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, are you doing anything today that you're really excited about? Today, today? (laughs) Like currently, what are you doing doing currently that you're most excited about? So I have an idea to, well, not really just an idea, but I've been working on putting together a course on intercultural competence and something like taking the one-on-one coaching that I do and creating it for a group. And so that's something that I'm really, really excited about. That's probably what I love working on the most right now is is what that's going to look like and the content that I want to include in that and how I can continue to create those connections between people through that. So that's what I'm most excited about. 
Yeah, and I'm really excited to speak with you more, Lena, about how to create a more transformative travel experience for our extended interview. So that's going to be mm-hmm. really exciting. Mm-hmm. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Well, I have a website, which is my name, which is really difficult to, to spell, but it's www.lenapapadopoulos.com. And then I'm also on Instagram and I have a Facebook page and all of them are my name, Lena Papadopoulos. So if people can spell it, they will find me. <laughs> I'll make sure to add a link to your site on, on our website for sure <laughs> to help you. them out. <laughs> Thank you, Lena, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lena. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to create transformative travel experiences. Hey, Offbeat family. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.